0: Hello and welcome to That Missionary Life for those of us who are back in this American life but still want to talk about that missionary life. um, These are our stories and hindsight. It's March. It's the March where it has already teased you with fake spring a couple times and now it's been raining for a couple days And I have been dreaming of Brazil at night. And I just feel so much saudades and homesickness. It's the time. It's so ready to be spring. I'm so ready for warmer weather. (sighs) You always remember how much weather is a thing when you really need it to change. Since we came back from Brazil... In November 2020, um, the end of December, we rented the home that we are currently in. So we've been there for two years and a couple months, and it's half a duplex, and we love renting there, and it's it's wonderful. It's all I could ever want, honestly. Um, no complaints. I mean, obviously complaints, but <laughs> it's a wonderful home and i we have been looking at like hopefully putting together a down payment getting a home you know and we realize with the current um economic environment and the high interest rates that it's not going to happen for another year and i i knew this was coming and yet when we got together and talked about it cuz we're going to sign the lease for another year Um, it was really hard on me. And I was like, why is this so difficult? And then I recognized the feeling, the angsty feeling, the I haven't been on an airplane in almost a year feeling, the I've got to change things because my whole missionary life, I changed things all the time kind of feeling and I was like oh okay I need to talk about this thank goodness I have a podcast to do that so without further ado talking about all the homes that I have had the pleasure of having since being on the missionary field before I go into all of the homes I think it's important for, for me to remember that I had a very wonderful very happy, very protected, very careful, um, very loving and caring home that I grew up in. Um, my parents brought me home from the hospital in Indianapolis to our home on Otterbine, and I lived there my whole life. When I came back from the mission field, I went back there. When I was on home assignment until we had two children, I went back there. <laughs> when... Um, taco Tuesdays that we still have today we go back there so I definitely have this like sturdy rock of a childhood home that has influenced so much probably more than I know because most of the time you don't notice how much something has influenced you until you don't have it anymore in 2004, when I first went as an intern to Brazil, I stayed for three months, and I lived with the Morais family in Nazareta Mata. da Mata is about 20 minutes from the headquarters in Carpina. Um, we had the headquarters, uh, but it was still mostly a hotel. It wasn't an international school. It was a seminary. And actually, I did stay, I think, part of a month at the Alcancee, uh, because I was with the seminary students <laughs> Which was an interesting experience It was so much fun um, But I still didn't really speak any Portuguese So it was very challenging But most of the time I lived in Nazare da Mata With um, the Morais family I would um, at least come on the weekends Sometimes the plan had been for me to live in Timbaúba Which is about 45 minutes in from Carpina um, But Telly's sister, I was going to stay with his sister, but she had, her husband had had a motorcycle accident right before I came. So that changed everything. So that experience, it was a wonderful, wonderful time. So that was 2004. 2005, uh, for six months, because I could only stay with my visa for six months, I lived in Timbauba, the original plan. That was mostly because they realized I was not going to learn Portuguese very well if I lived with the Morris family because they spoke English at home. <laughs> um, they spoke Portuguese in, in public, but then at home they spoke English. So most of the time I lived in Timbauba and I got to be a part of a brand new church plant, a uh, church plant in Timbauba with um, Josue and his family. And there were some of our current leaders that I, just, I saw come to the Lord I saw, you know, be discipled. There was a lot of soccer. We played so much soccer (laughs) during this time. It was a really neat and wonderful time. And I would definitely say it was during that time that I learned Portuguese. In 2006, the international school started, and that started a new phase of my life in Brazil where money most things were about the international school Um, I spoke Portuguese well enough to get around so I had more freedom Um, but at the same time I was teaching at the international school I was living at the international school I was going to church on Sunday oftentimes at the international school (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I soon realized that it was important to me to get out into the community. Um, And that's when I started on the weekends going to Poldaloo and staying with my friends Junyu and Ania. So I did that uh, from 2006, 2007, 2008, and I believe 2009. I should have taken notes. I'm remembering all this from the top of my head. Oh, yeah, 2000 to, through 2008. So I stayed at the international school. That was a really wonderful time um, as well. Um, the Morris family was also living there. We would have, we had one of the, because they were just hotel rooms that we lived in. We had a room in one of them. We, the boys had a room in one of them. We had a kitchen in one of them. Telly and Heather had their room in one of the rooms. We had one room that was kind of like an open area that was like the movie room. and so because basically most of the upper level they they weren't classrooms yet the bottom level was classrooms so it was a wonderful time but I definitely learned I needed a balance of being in one place for too long needed to have um, other opportunities as well so 2009 I had had some conversations with telly and I had realized by this time that I loved the international school but my heart was Living Stones. So we figured out a way that I could kind of do a little bit of both. Most of the time, um, for 2009, I lived in Poldalhue, and I worked at the Living Stones in Poldalhue. So basically, it was an immersive time of learning from Patricia and Cacao. They were the leaders of the Living Stones in Poldalhue at that time. And it was incredible. Um, I really, really loved it. I was also... I'm working on, I got my student visa by this time. So I think I was in the country for most of 2009. And um, going at night, I would take the bus to Carpina to go to college. And I was at a small private college, and I was the first American to ever study there. Um, And it was my first experience where basically everybody knew me, and I didn't know anybody because I was the American I mean they didn't really know me they knew of me it was like the first taste of what popularity was and I was blown away I was like this is this is nuts so by this time I had been going to Ivy Tech um, online or in person for almost 10 years and they basically said you have like 120 credits Um, you really shouldn't be taking more classes and um, because I started also going to college in Brazil for my undergrad, I realized I really, I really needed to finish something. So 2010, I actually did not go to Brazil. Um, 2010, I came back home, lived with my parents, and finished my degree at IUPUI. So I got a degree from IU um, through IUPUI, which is Indiana University, Purdue University in Indianapolis. And so that was a really interesting, neat time, but of course I got all the angsty feelings, and I was like, I have to do something this summer, but I also have to make money. Um, so I did this thing called Super Camp, and it was really amazing, and they paid for me to travel to, um, to California for some training, then down to Wake Forest, Virginia, and then. Yeah, and then I stayed at Wake Forest. So it was a really neat thing because they paid really well. Plus, I got additional teacher training, probably the best teacher training I've ever gotten in my whole life. Plus, I got to travel, which I just, you know, I'll, I think if you've had missions experience, I think you get the, the angsties. The angsties where you're just like, it's time to move. It's time to go. It's time to get on a plane and do something and go somewhere. It was also during 2010 that um, Telly had talked to me about becoming the Living Stones. Actually, 2009, he was like, hey, I would like you to become the Living Stones coordinator. But I really had no idea what that meant. I just knew I was learning about it. 2010, while I was back in the U.S., I feel like God really gave me a better, clearer vision of what that meant. And then I was so ready, so ready in 2011 to be back in Brazil. Um so 2011, 12 and 13 I lived at an apartment right at the entrance of town. So right in the center of town, um I had a lot more freedom and mobility living in the apartment whatever whoever, whatever single women teachers we had at the international school would live with us. So whoever, whatever interns were there, um, we had a long-term Brazilian who taught at the school that lived there for most all of that time. So she was kind of like the steadiness. And then I was there most of the time and there was three rooms. And then um, we had a couple of different interns who were in that other room. So it was a stable place to be able to have female interns. For the international school, which was really great, and it was a wonderful location. Um, I could get up every morning and go jogging because the Brazilian sun, around six o'clock, five thirty to six thirty, is amazing. Once, once you get to about seven o'clock, it starts getting really hot. By eight o'clock, uh, you'll probably get sunburned, but. There's a really special sun if you get up early to go jogging. So, having that experience and um, feeling more independent, more confident uh, in that, I would teach at the international school as well as being the coordinator for Livingstone's. So, walking that balance wasn't always super easy, but it was really good. And during that time, I met Cade um, because I kept returning back to the US for summers because I kept doing Supercamp, which was amazing. So 2011 and 12, I came back for the summers to make money to support myself in Brazil (laughs) because I had not raised enough support to live off of that alone. Um, And uh, Supercamp actually sent me all the way to Hong Kong, both of those summers. And those were the summers that I also met Cade and had some time with Cade. 2012, we started dating. And then 2013, August, he came to Brazil and proposed. And we were engaged for three months and got married the November 9th. I I should know this, right? November 9th, 2013. Um, We got married and came back to the States. And that was really, you know, Cade was super clear that he did not feel that God had called him to Brazil. Um, And I was super clear that in the U.S. I would still, you know, help things in Brazil from the US. And I didn't know what that looked like. I didn't have the terminology of being a representative for Brazil back then. But I knew I'd be able to do something. So I was hopeful for that. And I knew that God had called me to marry Cade. So I was like, okay, if you call me to Brazil, and you've also called me to marry Cade, then you'll figure out how it is in whatever country it is. And he did. 2014, our first year of marriage, we lived in my parents' home because my husband had over $30,000 in student debt. Debt was something that I had never experienced before. It was something that, um, my parents like, Ooh, just didn't do. We didn't do debt. (laughs) That was what the Winslers didn't do. And so it was very different to me. So we worked really hard, we asked everyone instead of uh, wedding presents to give us money towards student loans. And in one year, we were able to pay that off. We also got, um, uh, we worked at Super Camp together because my husband's amazing. And we had an amazing time doing that. And that paid really well. Um, Kate, and we got to travel with that as well. And Kate also did something to his knee and had to get knee surgery. So that was the whole thing. So the first year of marriage was quite busy with lots of different things, and I think that kept, well, for sure, that kept all the angsty at bay. Not only that, but we were doing the travel with Supercamp and we led a missions trip to Brazil in October 2014 with uh, Community Church of Shelbyville. So we got to go back to Brazil, and the day we left for that, we found out I was pregnant. We found out I was pregnant with Sophia, and so while in Brazil, you know, we were talking with different people and the idea came up, well, why not have your baby in Brazil? You know, that would solve the, the visa problems and all the problems that I had had over the years of having to go back and forth and visit Chicago consulate so many times. They, I I think they knew me by name <laughs> the, at the Brazilian consulate in Chicago and, um, I wasn't super open to that, but Cade was. Cade was kind of like, well, I don't feel that God specifically called me to Brazil, but I see how he is lining up all of these opportunities, all of these open doors, and I think we should walk through them. So he encouraged me, and I was like, I love Brazil, but I don't know about having my first child away from my mother in another country. Um, But I got over that quickly because... I do love Brazil I really do so 2015 when I was seven months pregnant hiding my belly because I was scared they wouldn't let me fly (laughs) Um, we moved to Brazil and we moved to the apartment that I had lived in from 2011 to 2013 so this apartment three-bedroom apartment the long-term lady had just um, moved Uh, and and gone to for some different opportunities. We didn't have any other interns. Um, So it was a perfect place for our family to start. And we brought home both of my baby girls to this place. And I think any mom will tell you, wherever you bring your baby home to for the first time will always hold a special place in your heart. Because it's like that's when we first became a family. I went from being a single independent person to having this incredible family, the four of us together. And it was so beautiful to see that growth. So we loved this apartment um, until we had two children and we were like, you know what, yards are really nice. (laughs) So 2018 the opportunity came for us to move from the apartment which is in downtown Peanut, to close to the school not close enough well it is close enough to walk if you really have to but um, to um, this area out more outside of town um, where we had two families that were connected with the international school and the Alcan and the ministry lived there there was four houses in a row so two houses were with the, the two pastors with the ministry then it was pastor asuario's house he was in africa it was with the ministry when our missionary sent from brazil to africa and then jeff and Lindsay's house they had lived they lived right there so it was like a little enclosed area so we had a yard we had this whole alleyway where our kids could run around um the house was actually a lot smaller it was basically one and a half rooms because <laughs> the girl's room was so tiny it basically just held a crib and a bed um Uh, But we just loved having more space to be able to kind of spread out and be outside and be in the weather. That was the first time I was like, I can garden. What? What? Brazil has amazing weather to garden. I was like, if I cannot learn how to garden in this tropical weather, I will never learn to garden. So I went after (laughs) learning how to garden. The best part about living in Asuero's house while he was in Africa um, was the neighbors, all of our neighbors, the two pastor's families and, and Jeff and Lindsay. Um, we had Taco Tuesday at Jeff and Lindsay's house. It was a really just really great time of community and communion in ways that we hadn't known before. It was very special, especially with young children. <laughs> it was a really wonderful time. And Um, Then in 2019, uh, kind of quickly um, and unexpectedly, Jeff and Lindsay came back to the States. um, And so we made plans to actually move into their home, um, which it was bittersweet because their home was beautiful. They have a loft. They had three bedrooms. They had just freshly painted it blue. So it was the blue house. (laughs) But... They weren't there, and we missed them so much. It was, um, it was kind of destabilizing in a way. When it, Anyone in the mission field that, will have, that has a core family that then leaves um, will tell you that feeling. Um, so it was bittersweet, but it was an amazing house. So 2019 and 2020, we had this incredible blue house that we lived in. Probably my favorite, um, the best garden area that I was able to put together, um, a great location. Um, it was, it was just basically everything I ever wanted. And then, you know, the story 2020 hit and thank goodness we were in this amazing place because we were in this amazing place all the time with the pandemic and quarantine. (laughs) And I do not know what I would have done if we weren't in this little area with four houses, um, where we sort of, like, we were still mostly at our house, but, like, I could let the girls run out and visit the other homes, um, you know, from a distance, and it it was really wonderful to me, and, you know, Cade had, in May 2020, um, Cade had some really difficult times uh, just with his mental health and thank the lord we had the support we did and we so we came back at the end of 2020 um to we came back october 31st got back on halloween um and we had known that we were coming back in the middle of a pandemic we had eight suitcases that was all we had i had a couple boxes of things that i had left at my my parents house over the years but we really just had eight suitcases. We didn't have pillows. <laughs> we didn't have beds. We didn't have wardrobes. We didn't have, you know, anything. And um our supporters were so amazing. We had one supporting church that said um because we were like, "You know what? We can't really stay at my parents' house. We we just there, there's just not room. My parents, you know, have a two-bedroom house. <laughs> it's not enough room." <laughs> um so uh, I, we had said that we wanted to just rent an Airbnb for the first month because then we were visiting Cade's family um, for their most of December th- through Christmas, and we'd get back at the end of Christmas. So um, we had one church that said, whatever it costs, we'll pay for your first month um, of Airbnb. And that was so incredible and just exactly what our family needed. And then one of our churches gave us a $500 gift card for Target, And that was so perfect for all of like uh, trash cans and bathroom or all of the stuff for your bathroom. Like just so many things that you don't realize that you need cleaning supplies. Like so many things that when you just have eight suitcases, you definitely, definitely do not have. Um, So yeah. And during that month that we were in Indianapolis in an Airbnb. I went out and went visited a lot of apartments, visited a couple of homes to rent, and the duplex was the only place that really felt like home when we went and visited. And we had no idea that it would be a good location. It's perfect. We had no idea it would be near uh, the a school that Sophia would love. It's perfect. We had no idea it would be like Exactly in between where my sister lives and my parents live and right near where our church wasn't even at at the time, where our church was going to move the next year. Um, we didn't know that it was going to be biking distance from where Cade was going was working because his work actually moved somewhere closer. So there were so many things we could not have known. We only had, you know, a couple weeks to make a decision um, and we found this place. So it's, it's been amazing and we've been there since so thank you for letting me ramble on. I wonder what your feelings are about your string of homes. I think um being a missionary is kind of like being in a military family. You never know when you're going to be moving. You don't know how your situation's going to change and what things are going in. And after doing that, you know, for 17 years. <sighs> It's, it's it's kind of ingrained in you. And I got the angsties. I got the angsties feelings of, hey, I've been here for a while now. I think it's time to move. But the finances say no. But the, the time, <laughs> the interest rate of getting a house says no. Um, so I know that's not going to happen right now. So I've got to deal with these angsties instead of just moving on to the next thing. So I'm wondering... Uh, being in missions one what are your stories of your homes and I hope you have some really special homes I know I do I honestly have not been in a home that I have not loved and enjoyed and had something really special about it and that's that's really great to be able to look back and see that I am so grateful um, and at the same time how do you handle the angsties when you're like I'm ready to move I've been I've been trained I've been trained. I know how to move. I'm ready to move when it's not time to move. So I'd love your insights and thank you for letting me ramble on because this was really good therapy today. So in closing, those are some musings from someone who is very much involved in this American life, but just really wants to talk about that missionary life, stories and hindsight.